Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Pack Stereo on the Internet at live365.com. Making that transition. And so be it. We had command control. I can give you a little more volume, not a lot, because you guys don't have headbutts. We're getting ready, ladies and gentlemen, pulling in that overseas subsidiary. Hard to say early in the morning. Making that transition to live. Dick. Man. All systems are go. Good morning, Vietnam. Get ready to affect that Facebook connection. Okay, we all good, right? We're in another universe, another time. Everybody's happy. Everybody's going to get their Trump memorabilia. We all set, man. I got my wallpaper, man. You ready? Oh, man. Oh, 
All right, you guys. It's going to be a full day today. I know, like, every day I'm always working out some kind of technical issue. So what is new? It's going to be good. Get your groove on. Get your stretch on. You know what we say. That's the way we started in the morning. Come on, y'all. Be cool. Yes. Come on. Let's do what we came to do. Come on. Come on. Be cool. Yeah. It's all good, right? And don't take the time. You know, I knew I knew Robert would be well dressed because I saw his pictures. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. It wasn't it. It was just because you know holidays. I have been attempting to have. I think I'm gonna cut that a little more. I've been attempting good. because of the holidays to up, update. The attire, and you know, I have a wonderful selection of T-shirts, especially my superhero ones. So, I did plan on dressing up for the holidays and all of that. But it is, it is a special day because of our guests and because of who brought the guests. Because my good buddy Meredith Bill, you've heard me refer to him because he's our connection to the continent, and for, because of that, he has a very privileged position in the sense that he is affecting the consciousness of many of the viewers out there as it relates to our own connection to the motherland. Parts of it, all of it, the concept of it, the whole beginning of a different level of connection as we begin to educate self about self. So Meredith has been about that. Just to let you know, he has been on a project previously helping to digitize the continent. Just one of the things that he's done. I, I hate to summarize Meredith. He, too, is very difficult because of the things that he does. But let's just say, as we're looking forward, it is my pleasure to work along with Meredith to try to bring you and connect you to our history and connect other folks to understanding what's going on in other parts of the world that are previously undiscussed. So the pride is in there. And so, first of all, Meredith Bill is the one who made this possible today. He's the one who brought Robert Kamanzi Semenya. Yeah, <laughs> I call him. You know, you put on the right. That's perfect. Singer, songwriter, producer, publisher, talent. He's the man in Kenya. Okay, I'm, okay, Robert. Let me try to read some of this because you know, yeah, you know, it's necessary. It's necessary. And let me try to read some of this because there's little thick ways you can do it because it, it was a wonderful, wonderful thing. Lord Robert Kamanzi Semenya, he is the CEO of Moja Entertainment Limited and Ngoma Group, popularly known as Robert Kamanzi or simply RK. He has already carved out a niche and image as a formidable producer with an ear for musical detail an accomplished musical entrepreneur since 1998. He was the winner of the prestigious International Young Music Entrepreneur Award in 2008 in the UK. And let me tell you what they said about him when he, when he won that award. Robert demonstrates outstanding discipline and tenacity. He is a passionate advocate for the power of music and has the capacity to act as an advocate across business, social, educational, and political perspectives. He also showed a real commitment to his region, 
He is an award-winning music producer with a proven track record as both an entrepreneur and as a champion for the development of the music industry in Kenya. Wow. Wow. Producer of the Year 2007-2008-2009 at the Kasimi Awards. He also won Producer of the Year and Social Responsibility Award in 2008. Here's our guest who has produced over 1,000 songs to date. Again, Robert Kamanzi, or RK, you guys. <laughs> RK. Thank you. Interesting day it's going to be today. Uh, we're going to get a chance to come back to and spend some specific time going over this whole, uh, wow, the whole gamut, I guess, of what Robert comes to bear. And again, why it is so important. So that's a big part of our show today, uh, getting our guests settled in. Wanted you to know, we're still going to do the regular full show, right? Yeah, man, we're going to, you know, it's, it's a priority that only our people in the neighborhood want to see us. We only have about 15 fans, but don't let anybody know that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm telling you. Where's my visual aid? Now, we got the Facebook connection. Once again, I want to thank the Facebook folks. Remember, because of the Facebook connection and the Facebook integration that we use here at Pax Stereo TV, there's some limitations into the, way, into the ways we do things. But you're getting it, and I'm seeing it, and I'm verifying it. You're getting it there, right there on Facebook. So I'm seeing it verify that stream. So we know we have it coming through to you. Uh, but it makes us do some things a little different. We're going to be segmenting the show into those various segments to make it easy for you to follow also later on. wanted to give you that introduction to Robert because I want you to stay because we're going to spend a little more extended time specifically on Robert and Meredith and the wise, too, to hint toward the future again in today. So we, we, have, we have a special setup for today's uh, broadcast. And then also for Robert, he's, he gets to experience the, the wonderful joy <laughs> of, our unique, of our unique brand of broadcasting. I got a few announcements, Dick. Yes, uh, upcoming programming, we realized that because of our expanded Friday, Saturday night agenda, that we have two very big Saturdays coming up. We know that. Yes, sir. Christmas Eve is coming up Saturday the 24th. Follow the next week by New Year's Eve. So, you know, it only happens every seven years that way. So <laughs> we're in the process of, of planning expanded programming for both of those nights, you guys. Anybody who has some uh, insight, you know, we, we, we love to hear from you. You can let us know. You can write us, let us know, put it in the chat room, whatever, whatever way makes you most comfortable. Always feel free to communicate with Victor. <laughs> no, exactly. But let us know what you might want to do. We know we're going to have expanded programming on Christmas Eve. I'm already thinking about it. And expanded programming on New Year's Eve. Now, you know, because of our previous policy, we have said, it's Saturday night, let's stay home. <laughs> that was our... Slogan. It's yeah. Saturday night. Let's stay home. Get dressed up. Stay at home. Save some money. Order some takeout. 
<laughs> and turn on pack stereo. You know, make it that kind of party. I mean, one and, word, man. Just say pack stereo Saturday night chill. Then, well, there we go. And that's what we've been having. So for Christmas Eve, know that we've got to do something special. Uh, and also for New Year's Eve. Thank goodness that we have this new heating system. That we, <laughs> I just got it. I, you know, I have to do that stuff. <laughs> and I did. I, t- I have this new heating system, you know, like only a geek tech person would do. You know, I, if, well, propane is wonderful. Propane the wonderful resource. I've learned the wonders of propane. And so, therefore, we have new heating systems throughout the courtyard to make it cozy. So, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking about, if, you, if you're going to save some money in the next, in those weekends, remember, both of those Saturday nights, be sure to be here with us. We'll let you know what's coming up uh, for that. Okay? All right. All right. So, and we also, by the way, the new we got a bunch of new creative energies coming in, so take a look. They're coming in. Oh, there's Robert C. <laughs> we we have visual aids here at Paxter. We say a very proud of the visual aids. Cause I do the visual aids. <laughs> My visual aids. Victor does his own. Visual aids. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're taking that the wrong way. <laughs> they're visual yeah. and they're aiding us. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> they're visual and they're aids. Okay, so oh, so again, the topic for the news segment will be Trump versus the CIA. You guys. Okay, the intelligence community digs in uh, because of today's guest, we're postponing one of the segments, the marijuana for dummies segment. We'll return. Next week, we know a bunch of you out there, and you're feeling a little stupid. I <laughs> <laughs> understand. Before I started that segment, <laughs> really, you know, refresh everyone. Okay. So, okay, now, we're going to come back and get into our guests uh, right after this wonderful slideshow. And but I don't know if that's the is that the latest slide tonight? No, animation? man. You, 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 well, did I do? Did I not put the slideshow? I'm just animation. You what get, happens? Huh? Well, you get a pass when you're championing the the idea that you don't have a woman. These are things you miss. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens, bro. You know, the brain is the third thing to go. That's what you miss. The the There's a partnership out here, man. See, she would be she would have your back actually processing, getting you breakfast, but you all. That's okay, because it take, it take me just a minute. All right. I'm going to go and make sure that the, the link, because like every week. Well, even if it's not. Well, it's been a week. Yeah. It's been a week because, uh, you know what I forgot to tell them, Dick? What is that? That everybody's well now. Yeah, everybody's healthy. Yeah, see, for those of you out everybody's there sick, Thank you. there's a virus going around. We were sick, too. I was sick. I was sick. Some of you, you know, I understand. It's you know, it takes a while to get your strength back. You have to rest up. Remember, there's some there's power in some of the natural holistic therapy. <laughs> That's right. Yep. You know, you have there to you expand go. your horizons. Even though there's actually research on chicken soup. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. There's actually research on on the on the value of chicken soup. Now, and you can, don't believe me. <laughs> True. I would tell you, don't believe me. Well, you, you know, know even though I, what I would say is I put on that glove, trust me. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> I'm a that, physician. That, man, man, that's not right. You know, 
That is the latest. We didn't do a slideshow. Okay, so the latest slideshow was before. This is what the latest slideshow animation before everybody got sick. Yeah. We'll be right back with more of our guests.
All right. All right. Getting ready to uh, do that very necessary reinitiation of the Facebook connection. Remember, we have probably one of the best uh, Facebook integrations here at Paxio TV. You see the full, you know, multi-camera presentations. Gavin always abide by their, their own particular rules, and they do have some. But, again, uh, I want to say that we have it as well. So welcome back to Facebook, folks. Uh, Vic? Yes, sir. Just checking and verifying that stream. It's fair. We decided to slow down and do more of this kind of stuff because, ultimately, since it's just two brothers in the hood, doing this broadcast. <laughs> and while we may not be in the ghetto, as I tell you, we can be the best. <laughs> right there. <laughs> right there, right out there. <laughs> you have to allow us to be able to adjust to the systems that be. All right. So I think now, uh, before this, big can you give them a little bit of a preamble of what's coming up so you while I attempt to... Oh, yeah, you just want me to talk. I have to actually find Meredith's uh, PDF file. Oh, it's a large one. It's a nice one. It's very detailed. That's how... It's the thing that your woman would help you with. But anyway, let me go ahead and just kind of give you guys something. I'm a, I, my segment, or what I call the short of the segment, really doesn't qualify to follow up with such VIPs in here because, you know, it's a lot of brain power in this room this morning, and I'll be doing stuff that people usually don't think brain power requires, like looking at women's pictures, going to sports, you know. I'm on that low end. <laughs> I'm on the low end of the totem pole. So I have to sit back and kind of just kind of give you guys something. But because we're honoring a continent, and since we have this brain power in here, we're going to do hot picks. And somebody actually voted that these are the most beautiful South African actresses. No, I wasn't going to go Kenya. I was going to do Nigeria. I said mm. South African. And we're going to find out if you guys agree. <laughs> and there's a ringer in there who probably shouldn't be in there. And who that person should bump off the list. This is part one. Of course, there's other conditions, but I'm not going to tell you guys because I want you to think on it. And since you guys got a lot of brain power, you don't have to think. But anyway, I'm going to go to sports before that just to do a quick thing about the misery of the West Coast since everybody on the West Coast lost football games. Uh, that's giving you an idea of how well we play over in this side of the world. And then we're going to find out, is there a lot of love for what Russell Westbrook? Is he MVP? Is he not? And some other things that go along with it. So I'm just going to kind of share my segment to allow for those people who like to use pop-up pictures, um, you, know, you know, remedial education, stuff like that. That's my segment. And in the meantime, we'll do the best we can. Um, if you if you want to hear what Mario's doing, he's actually uh, responding to a couple of uh, requests from women who basically have offered to date him live on Morning Call. I told you guys. I'm just letting you know. I didn't know she was 18. <laughs> she looked 19. Just to let you know, man. I'm just saying. Just keeping it real, right? Just well, it real. I'm gonna, what we're going to do, I, I want to try to find this PDF because that was the one that I, without having to re-download re oh, yeah. it again. 
Easy for me. I got as soon as soon as yeah. we talked, I downloaded. Yeah, I mean he's, he's looking for it. Oh, and no. one of them it was just I attached to I the email. I viewed it. I downloaded, just viewed it. And one of them, and then I just sent him the forty. Okay, so somebody I got it out of it. So email. maybe it came out of Victor's email when I sent it. Yeah, yeah. But also, the other one had an attachment. But also, so you guys understand. Um, okay. There's a large tro- file transfer that we're working yeah, on. Pretty extensive. So we do everything live. So while you hear this in the background, everything we do on this show is yeah, live. So Pre-show, the processing, updating, you name it. Everything is live. Why? The world has no patience. They want information. If you, They say, please don't have air in the conversation or air in your presentation. So in order to make this facilitate the way we want, we actually incorporate the discovery on the show. So Mario right now is actually processing a large file. It's called Viewing Opportunities. <laughs> I'm just going, hey, man, you told me I could talk. I could have a good time with this all day long. Uh, so in the meantime, Viewing Opportunities. <laughs> viewing Opportunities. So right now what Mario's doing is going through the process. And we actually time this to see how much it affects our live show. But I want to give many thanks to some people out there uh, as far as the holiday season because I didn't get a chance to. Miko, Sarah Day, PMC, Mac McAllister, all those wonderful people, Jose Venegas, Stephanie Diary. So many of you guys along the years have kind of stood behind us as we transitioned this whole platform. We used to do a lot of red carpet. We did a lot of different shows beforehand. We were out in the community a lot. Uh, actually used to be DJ services while shooting video. I'm not going to tell you what year and how far back. Uh, in addition to that, we were able to be a record label back in the day, even after the DJ services. So we're constantly migrating a platform to stay up with the time. This new age we're in right now is you actually go live wherever you go. And so while we're here, a lot of the work we're going to be doing on the premises will include us being out and about at other locations. Well, it's coming, just like you know that. Um, also, if, if you didn't know, when we do our Saturdays, there's still packed cereal Saturday night, but thematically we'll go with whatever happens on that day. So Christmas Eve, we will be live. It will be a thematic Christmas Eve show. New Year's, whether it's a, an event or not, we're going to be live, because thematically it's New Year's. What does that mean? You have to dress up. No, no, no. I didn't say that. See, because see, don't be vain. No, no, no. See, I come out the wrong shit. You have to look like an idiot. You have to encourage people, man. Okay. You have to encourage people to come and join. You can't have them slide in. Chill sometimes make people think relax. It's hard to do that on New Year's. New Year's people want to get that energy. So this for the people. If you got something else to do, go do that shit. <laughs> this is for those who really don't have anything else to do, or don't really want to do what they have to do, or then start to rethink it. Say, I could save some money, order some Chinese takeout, and be the old lady she can dress up, and it's starting to look better and better. I'm telling you. That's, that's, what we, that's what we have to offer. That's the way it is. Well, you know, the key to success is make it look glamorous. Whatever you do, make it look glamorous. Don't get it twisted. 
So you should be a little bit more encouraging about welcoming women who actually want to support your life. I am. Yes. <laughs> I should be. I was working on that. <laughs> and I've been able to get intervention with the money I'm saving over the holidays. The money that I'm saving over the holidays by having no woman. Right. And you wonder why we're in this show right now and there are no women. They're, they're not watching television in. every day. You know what? One Words. day, one day, you will go. You will talk about how wonderful and the power that a woman presents. I will one day. And I why, will. And why we work so hard for it. I will. At the end of the day, let me ask you something. One day. Do you, ask, do you want to work to be on an island, the most powerful man on earth, and just be in a cave by yourself, or would you want somebody who actually adores you on your side? Huh? Okay. <laughs> that's what I figured. That's what I figured. See, what? Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Victor Allen has figured it all out for us. That's, thank you, Vic. I needed that. Now I have what I need to proceed today. As I search for that wonderful union You're right. after the holidays. <laughs> okay, we can meet and think about it until after the holidays. I told you guys we're going to have a wonderful day bridging that connection. Uh, I finally got the PDF, but uh, over big, so I finally have that. But I wanted everybody to. To understand, well, I think what was the title I, I gave it? I think I called bridging the connection. Where it went out in the news. Some of you got the news announced. I think I called it bridging the connection because Meredith and I have been talking about this for some time. You know about trying to get. You know, American audience. See, Robert, they they kind of they're different. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it could be a little. You know, and part of it is that they have so much to choose from. And getting them to take a moment to really sit and look outside their own boundaries and anything has been a challenge. That's right. Now, I told you all in, in the monologue segment a, a lot, I gave you a lot about Robert's bio. But I wanted you to understand, Meredith, but I wanted to ask Meredith, we talked about bringing to you, our audience, the kind of producers that we thought had the skill set, the demonstrated body of work that our audience would appreciate. So, Robert, thank you for being... Thank <laughs> you. You are, you are our bridge, brother. <laughs> thank you. I don't know if you know you had all that yet. Today, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was coming by. I was, yeah. No, you, you, you're the bridge. Thank you very much. And, uh, and and so tell us a little bit about yourself, Robert, in your own words. Because there's, there's a lot of stuff here, 24 right. pages. <laughs> Thank you, Meredith. Thank you, boy, you with all that much information. <laughs> um, I am, uh, I, I'm, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm a music lover. I love music very much. And, um, and it's an inheritance really from my father, who never got a chance to take it further than I did. And um, uh, I ended up in Kenya after fleeing war in my country of Burundi. So 
So I was uh, pretty much a refugee in Kenya as a young boy, as in, in the early teenage years of my life. And I uh, ended up fleeing to a country by myself, alone, and stayed for eight years without news of my family. Wow. And, uh, but in that time, uh, I was able to grow my musical gift. And uh, including starting to write, to write songs and producing songs eventually. And so I've been doing uh, this for the last almost 18 years now in Kenya. I gotta ask you, Adrian, but that, under those circumstances, you know, it's interesting when you ask people always to me how they define themselves. He started as a musician. Yeah, I, I'll remind everyone of that. Mm -hmm. And then a refugee. <laughs> but so interesting. So how does one take the form of investigating music? I mean, what is the concrete? How did you do that, Robert? I mean, you was like sitting around. How did you even access? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What makes you even go to songwriting at that moment? And how did you approach those very early moments of your songwriting? When you go through pain, um, it, it has it has to find a way out. So you have to find an expression of that pain and try to to explore the meaning. Sometimes it's difficult to talk about it or to in any other way. So for me, songs were the best way I could express myself. You know, and this seems to be the 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 the, the mo for for us folks. We seem to express ourselves musically in 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 all our struggle and pain. So it's it's not again as we talk about the bridge. It's not just here. So that it's happening back at home as well. We're still expressing them the same way because we are the same. And uh, and this is uh, through that time because uh, I'll tell you, I was in a refugee camp. And in a refugee camp, there's nothing to do. So you wake up, you sleep the whole day, you go to the night falls, you sleep, you wake up the next day, no hope, no nothing. And that, that's what you, that's all you do. So now, in that moment, I found something to do through writing songs and, and music. On paper, how were you writing them? How were you? Uh, you have paper. Sing you, it to yourself. You, you have write. access to paper, yes. You get out, you know, you have a pain. So you can write. But uh, this is how I used to do it. The, yeah. It was a remote area of Kenya, very remote, so remote that for the first time I saw people who walk naked, no dress. Others who yeah. were asking in a place called Tulkana. Okay. So Tulkana people is a very remote tribe in northern Kenya that still live... Uh, um, they're really ancient and, and, and they, they, they've kept their traditions, yeah? So there was a little hill that I used to go up. I would wake up in the morning, pick a guitar, and walk there. I, a friend of mine had a guitar, so I would borrow and go sit up on top of that hill and sing myself. Sing aloud, man, sing to the world, I guess. It was, uh, it was beautiful, actually. It was it, that, uh, for me, it, it, it's a place of pain because it was a desert and uh, you're sleeping in the sun and all this. But when I sat on that hill and the guitar and started singing, I, I was not there. I was somewhere else. It was beautiful. You had a guitar. It was a beautiful place to be on top of that hill and the guitar and the song.
It was beautiful. You taught yourself to play? I taught myself to play. So beautiful. <laughs> I'm always wondering, you know, because, like, how people approach music and what it feels like. To me, it always has felt like creation and some kind of connection. There's a metaphysical. Uh, yeah, it's sometimes it's yeah. yeah. You know, so to be in that kind of place, even with the, the things you're going through, wow. So in the early beginning. So then what, Robert? Then what? Uh, then, as in, uh, um, uh, time came, uh, I decided I had enough of the refugee camp. So I left, went to the city of Nairobi. So in Nairobi, just in. I, was, I had enough. I, just, I, I woke up, I said, I'm, I ain't going to die here. No, there's no, there's nothing to do. How old? I'm how so old? young. I was 17. I said, no, I had been in the refugee camp for three years. I said, no, this this is not it. I'm not going to die here. So I got up. Um, I talked to one of the drivers who used to drive these trucks that used to bring food rations for, for, for refugees. I said, man, give me a lift, man. I said, let's go. So we went. So I was back in Nairobi. And uh, in Nairobi, I got uh, hooked up with a church. Uh, and in that church now, I was able to advance the music because now they had equipment and all this stuff. <laughs> so when you, when you got to Nairobi, where were you staying? Man, in the streets. <laughs> uh, some people have some unimaginable journey, <laughs> considering the, the difference in the struggle here, or you know, some, the kind of things that people would find difficult are nowhere near. Often, and, and that's why I love to expose that to our audience. You know, and sometimes because I know they take it for granted. You know, we notice how Robert is so. Humble life. I, if I didn't dig at some of this stuff, that's not what he was going. But I just think it's so it's so wonderful to understand because so many people, Robert, think that success is just supposed to go boom. No, happen. They don't. Absolutely. They don't know about the hard work and the hard times it takes to and grow. The determination. The determination required yeah. to you know, get another, to where they're another, another point. You know, addressing the notion of refugee because that word also is a loaded word. Right. And if you examine it, what you'll find is most places around the world, the refugee are a higher-skilled segment of the population. They're the people who can leave first. That's right. right. So in many of these countries in, in Southeast Asia and South America and Africa, where trouble starts, hostilities, whatever it is, the people who have the resources and intellect and, and capacity to go, those are usually that first wave. And so in, in some of the peace proposals I've seen at the United Nations are looking at don't lose the treasure of all the talent that's in that refugee population because here our, the news media tends to almost demonize it oh, as, yeah. as that, that class of that oh, refugee. Yeah. And often they are the people who are the doctors, the scientists, the educators from various countries who are leaving first. So the journey continues. The Rob. journey continues. He's in so Nairobi. I'm in Nairobi. So um, after a couple of uh, days, I was sleeping in the street. So uh, I got bold enough to tell to tell somebody in the church, and they said, "No, no, no, no. You, you, you can come live with me." And uh, he happened to be a musician himself, so he was um, he was doing music in the church as well. So 
uh, I ended up uh, really getting into the music uh, uh, ministry of the church. So I was I was uh, doing all sorts of things really, and eventually uh, uh, I formed a group of my own. And because uh, well, uh, I had written all these songs in the refugee camp, and uh, I, and I needed to to make music, and and I realized that I needed people to sing, to sing, to to to, to, to bring it out. So I formed a gospel music group, a Christian music group. It's not gospel because I know gospel means a different thing for Americans. For us, it means something else. Also, it just means all Christian music right. is called gospel right. for us. But for for Americans, I know it's specific. It's specific, yeah. So it been, uh, I formed a, a Christian group. So we started singing, and uh, amazingly, our first single was a nationwide hit. Wow! Our first single. Our first single. I gotta give you the clap. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And it changed everything. Wow. And it changed everything because. Um, Christian music was not playing on mainstream radio, so it was the first to play so on mainstream was radio. Your first yes hit, first track was a hit yes. of, of a Christian track. Yes, previously never played on mainstream wow. radio. Never. In wow. fact, it was the first Christian song to even play in clubs. And because wow. the way I approached music was. I, I I enjoyed dancing in my in, in, as I was young. I really loved dancing, so I loved. I was like, why can't Christian music be this fun? What, what what's wrong? Does it have to be hymns and la la? I said no. So I said, <laughs> I said I will keep the message, but I'll change the beat. Yes. So that's all I did. Yes. And uh, for Kenya is um, supposedly eighty percent Christian, so there, there many people would identify with the message, but many people don't go to church, but they love this kind of beat. So it was a good connection to the point that it played more in the clubs than it played in the church. So and it was and and it started a wave from there. It was a long wave, I must say. Uh, in Kenya is the only country where Christian music is above is on is on top of any other music. Wow. The only country in the world. Wow. And it started with that wave. Wow. Yes. It was a Wow, I give you a clap again. Now I know why <laughs> Merida brought you here. <laughs> Somebody mentioned 
uh, his name. I said, hey, you know, uh, one of my friends who was a TV producer, he said, hey, you should talk to this guy named R.K. So I talked to R.K., and he said, okay, here's, here's who knows what in Kenya. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he connected me with, uh, at that time, it was Nameless, which yeah, was, you know, yeah. pop, popular hip-hop artist. Uh, so he, uh, so we did a, a, a session on production and a session on um, distribution. And so I had um, RK on, as, you know, talking about management and production, because he also managed, you know, and, and produced a number of artists. And then I had uh, Nameless on as an artist, and we had a couple of other record company uh, executives, Skyped in Ernie Singleton, Skyped in uh, Lynn Jeter. So we had a ball in this global, and it's the first time they've had an entertainment conference on music like that. Yeah. Anywhere in East Africa. I want to showcase some of the music. Well, we got to make some kind of a transitional jump. So we got to hear about that interim period. I mean, I can't just go from this <laughs> to the track. <laughs> I got to, you know, you, yeah. but you got to take us through the journey right. of how you came from the church yeah. to end up in 2008 as the International Young Music Entrepreneur Award winner, Robert. You got to tell us how that how you got from point that point. That's right. So, um, at one point... You got the hit song, by the way. I'm sure that changes everything. Oh, it didn't change. <laughs> my life changed. Everything changes right there. Right I was not trying to be a producer. I was just trying to make a song. Right. I was not trying to be a producer. I didn't, at the time, I didn't even know what, what being a producer was. I didn't know what that was. I was trying to make a song. That's all. So uh, when the song started playing on radio and it became a hit, so everybody kept asking, who did this? Who did this? Who did this? So, so many people, as far as it was Christian artists who were coming to me. So okay. I put, at one point, I was, I, I was producing at least 60% of all Christian music that was playing in the region. Not just Kenya now. So about 60% of that. And uh, other artists started telling me, do you, asking me, do you produce just Christians? I said, no, I produce whoever comes. It's just the other ones coming. So other artists started coming because now the sound I had created right. was influencing all music, not just Christian music. It was influencing all music. Wow. So now these uh, all these artists now started coming to me. That's how I made uh, the artists is talking about Nameless and Wahoo and all these other artists who are, they started coming to me. I said, I don't have a problem. Come, let me hear your song. Let, let, let's see what we can do with it. So we did and won many awards, many awards at the time. Uh, at one point, really, it was the sound. The, even what we have now is... is, is, is um, I would say versions of this of this of this sound. So it, it became so big that in 2008 there was this international young music entrepreneur award that was going on in the UK, and a program called uh, Young Creative Economy. So this included music, film, and fashion, and uh, writing and books yeah, and, and stuff like that. So and there were 80 countries that participated. So I was chosen to represent Kenya and the entire East Africa, That's wow. about, which is about five countries. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Wow. Yeah. Thank wow. you very much. So when we went there, we it was uh, we went through a process for two weeks. Uh, there were all these um, big shots in the creative economy, 
uh, in the UK and, and, and the European Union. And uh, eventually for music, we were shortlisted to 10 countries, of which I still made the 10. So I was wow. still part of the 10. So now these 10, we had to face a panel of, of judges from all the music um, facets, all the facets of the music industry, the B law, B recording industry, uh, management, uh, live events, and all this stuff, together now with the British government. So we faced this panel for about four days. We went through interviews and that, and uh, on the last day, so we had uh, to, uh, the wife of uh, Tony Blair, the former British prime minister. Yeah, so she was uh, she was the guest on to come and hang in the awards. So yeah, on that day, my name was called out as the yeah. winner. <laughs> Yeah, take a look at the picture too. We got yeah. it up there. So that's how I got. To, that's the journey to 2008. By then, I had done a lot of work. I was obsessed with this work as well because, as in, I was producing at least ten albums, uh, record albums a year. So yeah, those are some of the artists as you're looking at. Uh, that's uh, Nameless winning the MTV Awards. Uh, we won that for uh, Listener's Choice Award for the song we had written with him, that's MTV. So uh, we even Wahoo won MTV as well. Uh, we won that in uh, Nigeria in 2009. So yeah, this 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 is the journey. Quite a, so a lot of artists came. Abida. Yeah. Yes, he's. I guess that that uh, self-imposed. Uh, you know, the <laughs> well, man, I'm gonna scroll just so people can look for a minute and just to see the the variety uh, of folks and the photos here. Representing. Wow. And then we're going to play something, I guess. Yeah, sure, we, we can play some of them. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at it for a minute now. Just taking it all in. Uh, <laughs> Juliana. Those beautiful right there, huh? Yeah. She's the biggest artist in Uganda, female artist in Uganda. And an icon, really, in, 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 in East African music. Dance on Queens. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Okay. Pretty beautiful sister right there. Bobby Wine, aka Ghetto President. That this this artist, Bobby Wine, uh one of the songs with it was banned from radio stations because it was critical of the government. Mm. The following day ten thousand people went to the streets. To ask the radio stations to play his music. Wow, wow. So they called him Ghetto President. They called him Ghetto President. So now he's now now he's, he's friends with the president. The president realized I can't mess up with this guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's doing some pretty good things also for the community. You know, he's um is uh, help bring light, uh, electricity to his village and uh, in the village, surrounding villages and all. He's been doing pretty good stuff for the community. Alicia. That's right. 
this is happening. First uh, time. Yeah, it's happening uh, and uh, on a scale that shows that there's something going on. Uh, and what we'll be hearing in the near future might be a mix of, of both worlds. Of both worlds. And uh, you already have um, uh, artists like from Nigeria, like Whiskey, who already has, a, has, has, has featured on Drake's song, um, One Dance. Which is a big hit, right. which is a big hit, right. and uh, he's also done a song with Tinashe. You have uh, uh, Davido, also from Nigeria, who's done who's done a collab song with Tinashe as well, and um, Acorn, Whitecliffe, uh, they've all done collaborations with artists from the continent, and this is this is is starting to happen. Also, not only just that, we are seeing music collaborations from the different parts of Africa. So the East is collaborating mm. with the West, the, 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 the West is collaborating with the South. So it's for the first time. This never used to happen. It used to be regions doing music for their regions like that. Now we are fusing, becoming wow. one continent musically. And part of the, 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 the thing that I was advocating for, even during the Music Entrepreneur Award, was that Africa did not have to have these boundaries. They right. do not need to keep each other out. Right. They need to open this right. uh, their, their, their borders so that right. they can trade with each other because we are the same right. in very, very right. many ways. So and, and and my mission was to do that with music. So I started doing initiating collaborations with artists from different regions intentionally and I started with East Africa. And right now East Africa has become one economic block. All right. So it's happening. So I say because it looks like if you go the political way, it's too rigid, and and, and, and we need it, it does not get to the people. The leaders will decide, but the people don't understand the implications. But if we do it musically and soften the minds of the people, see show the people how similar we are, then the politicians will have an easier way to convince the, their people that these borders need to be open, and and it's working. There was a seed planted many years ago with uh, Soul to Soul, The Fight. Okay. When Wilson Pickett, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, you know, so they went over there with Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And, you know, that, and that the influence of those musicians on African musicians at the time, you know, cause, you know they're, yeah. they're looking at us, Black Americans, you know, we're yeah. James Brown. I mean, yeah. you know, that's the right. king. Right. So, uh, after their presence, you started to see other, um, more of the influences of their music in the music of, of, of Africa, Africa. And yeah. then also a, a budding industry. That's right. Um, but we had that opportunity again. Yes. Of creating this framework where we have, now we have the power of superstar um, mega artists yes. that have attention and resources. Yeah. And on the African side, there's the resources. Yes. If, if structured well, there's this bridge that can happen that would magnify, you know, because again, every, everything we touch, we take over. You're talking about tennis, golf, TV, movie, you know, whatever it is, they let us in. We we have a good time. <laughs> I'm glad you you, you 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 talked about the infrastructure. So one of the other side of me is that I'm involved mm -hmm. in policy uh, work, 
where and the, have been involved in setting up the infrastructure for music businesses to grow in terms of influencing the laws, especially copyright laws, where we would have a space where investors can say, I can invest my money in, in the music business in this country, and I will see returns. The issue with uh, many countries in Africa is that corporate laws are not there, are non-existent, and where they are existing are not enforced, are not enforced. So an investor cannot put their money there because there's piracy, there's all sorts of ways you can lose money in the music business. So we, together with others, I was part of now the, 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 the people who, who pushed forward the, the, the implementation of some of the law that existed and the creation of the new laws that didn't exist. So I am right, I, I'm right now the chairman of the Performance Rights Society of Kenya, which is like ASCAP. So, and, and, and what we've done so is to go influence the laws. Many laws now have been passed. Now we have an infrastructure. Artists can actually get royalties for their music airplay. We got... Uh, we managed to get all radio stations playing role, paying royalties back in home, the hotels, restaurants, taxi cabs, all, the, all, all of them. They pay. So if you play music in your in your car, because it's a public vehicle in this case, because you can't be commercial, it's a commercial vehicle. So you pay a license, a, a, an, an annual license for music, of which now these writers and the, and the rights owners get to benefit from their work. That's what we do. We, in fact, the biggest one we just uh, secured. We, we we got to we been we we had been at at war with the telecommunications companies because they use a lot of music and they never used to pay. So we were wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we were at war with them uh, for four years, in court and out of court, and eventually we secured a two million dollar royalty payout. Wow. So to artists, everybody. <laughs> you know, because it's so so important. You know, when I first got there, I got in a taxi. I was like, what, what is this sticker here? It's like, you know, music, uh, Kenya Music Copyright, Music Copyright Association, Society of Kenya. Yeah. It's like, what is this sticker for? Oh, for the radio. I, I said, are you serious? You guys are actually paying to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> music, yeah. Which doesn't happen here, by the way. It's just sad, because... <laughs> uh, but, but, but you're right. I mean, it, it's so important on a, on a continental scale. The African Union has recognized the creative economy as the fastest growing segment of many countries' economies and looking to see what needs to happen so that in the same way that uh, Sony and Disney and Time Warner are pumping into the American GDP, what needs to happen so that African countries can start to take advantage of the reservoir of talent that they have and mm. what, what legislative things need to put in place, what policy and regulatory things. So, uh, again, you know, he and there's you know a few other... Uh, it's also with the uh, Kenya uh, Association of Music Producers. Music Producers as well. Yeah, so they have a few groups that are starting yeah. to, to, to come up. And then I've been working with the Deputy President's Office on some educational initiatives around how, you know, it's had one thing having copyright, but the, the artists understanding what the rules are and yeah. all that, which, you know, happened well, here for a long time anyway. And even more, yeah, exactly. He has a, you know, start your own record label manual, yeah. <laughs> basically. That's right. So you, you remember the days yeah. of trying to teach artists, hey, there's some room, and you got some rights, and there's some things you can take advantage of if you study and pay attention. Yeah. Once again, groundbreaking. I want to thank uh, Meredith Deal, Lasting Value, for introducing us to Robert. Everybody give it up for our guest. Thank you, thank you. Robert,
<laughs> where, now, where do we want to send them, you guys, to go look for more? Robert, you, you have so much. Yeah, music? I mean, no, where do you want to, where should, no, where should no, I no. tell our... Um, the thing is that all these artists have their own uh, website. So, well, yeah, you your page? Yeah. You so, uh, one of the the thing with the with the, the structure back at home, back at home is uh, um, we do not have quite a record label in the sense that you guys do it here. So artists uh, still remain a, a, a sort of halfway independent. They have some freedoms of where they push their 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 own stuff, which which is good for them because then they don't get they get to earn more money <laughs> yeah. if they do some things for themselves and they have a lot of time to do it. And that um, that is that is a bit uh, of of. of um, of a challenge, but if you want to see some of the works I've done, you can go to YouTube. Uh, the channel is uh, Maramoja Films. Maramoja Films. M A R A F I L M Z Films. Maramoja Films. That's the channel. That's the YouTube channel. You'll find some of the 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 works. Um, yeah, you can follow page. me. Yeah, I have a Facebook page. And we'll be tagging the videos. We'll get all this from Robert. We'll be tagging the videos. And so those of you who see this video will be able to get that information. Exactly. So a lot of it now we will, we will, we will hook up uh, uh, the station here, the channel, so that you can be able to, to, to get all well, the I, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can do some more things, like maybe when you're doing a session, we can yeah. tap yeah. in. Yeah. You know. Robert, yeah, I, Robert, I get the feeling that we will probably be interacting more in the future. That's right. And yeah. seeking to support your efforts with everything that we can do on this side. That's yeah, the right, right, that's now, the bridge right now. We're supposed yeah. to remain connected. That's the point of the bridge. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's 10 p.m. in Nairobi, for example. It's 10 o'clock in Nairobi. So sometimes when they might be doing some recording or something like that, it can work, coincide with the broadcast. And we can just chime in for 15, I, 20 minutes. I know I liked what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we'll bring you a little bit. Everybody, give it up for our guest once again. Thank you. Thank you, Always we play music here that we call free music, part of the Creative Commons yeah. movement. Here's one from Love Shadow, and we'll be right back after that. Great discussion. Oh, no, this was wonderful. Classic. Wonderful. You know, this is archivable stuff. <laughs> Where else can you hear something like this? We've, we've gone through uh, we went from, you know, war tone to refugee camp to music to promises to, you know? Yeah. But again, that's the beauty of what technology and, and travel has done there, to the world. Yeah. There's this uh, notion I found here that Africa is just a, a village with uh, my heart. And as you can see, they have the champagne. Just like everybody here. They got everybody just like everybody. They're like here. So, it's, no, they have the, yeah, the, the, fine, the fine cars. So, 
and their relationship because of the whole weapons of mass destruction thing that had come before them. Right. So there's a whole historical basis mm-hmm. of a lot of this stuff. Uh, uh, but but the intelligence community is different. And to actually disregard or actually dis he actually not only did he say he said these are the same people who messed up on weapons of mass destruction. So he dismissed their report and then proceeded to criticize them publicly. Mm. Yeah. Well okay. Okay, look, you know, it's hard for me to follow what they call the pathway of rejecting everything. <laughs> you know, reject this everything. This, to me, it's less about, okay, this is Donald Trump bloviating as much as if you just turn off his voice and say, here's the things he's executing. Just forget what's happening. Because I always believe you, you're cheering to the crowd. You know, this is what, I'm going to give you guys an idea and a reference. It's old. Think of an old TV show called Andy Griffith. Opie, which is Ron Howard which has made movies today that many of you guys appreciate. They had, uh, he was in a movie about this person that's just loud. I mean, he was bigger, and I cannot remember the name. Eyes open, say hi to Zyber. I like that cut in. That was smooth, though. That was smooth. But at the end of the day, are you listening to the noise? Are you watching the execution of orders? Uh, the execution of what they call the processes. And I said, I just turn it off. I just turn off what he's saying and go, I'm, I'm, is this the richest billionaire president that we've ever had, period? I mean, think about it. I mean, for the most part, does that have a lot to do with his Well, I don't know. You've had some, I, don't, I wonder, that's a good question, because you've had some very rich. rich but not as relative to the time, of course, but, you know, like, ex, you know, that's why I'm saying Tyler Jefferson was pretty rich. <laughs> yes, that's why I said, is this the richest? Well, let's. Well, looking at the latest on this whole thing, Jake, that the the intelligence officials have fired back this morning in a statement. <laughs> this is what they said in a statement to Reuters this morning, and I quote: "The inclination to ignore such intelligence." and impugn the integrity of U.S. intelligence officials is contrary to all that is sacred to national security professionals who work day and night to protect this country. Yeah. So so this is going to be going on and on. Uh, Just something to think about? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's more to come. (laughs) Yeah, right. In the news. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, Where do you start? Everybody, the good news, the bad news, and the other shit. Short versions. Wow. So, Vic, what do we, uh, I'm prepared, we can go over. I mean, I could do, you know, the quick, you know, the quick sports. I don't have to spend a lot of time with it. Look, all I'm doing is giving you guys information you guys already know. Okay, I'm just massaging it my way. So I'll do a quick one, you know, kind of fast, decisive, and move on because, you know, we do have unpaid sponsors. Here we honor our unpaid sponsors. 
<laughs> so we we also keep that discipline flowing because even if you're getting paid or not, you're supposed to be disciplined. So I'm all ready for it. I want to show them how we have a protocol and processes that that works. Part of it was not to include getting out of the camera view while we took pictures, but you guys understand it because we flow that way. It's just the way it is. So I'm ready for it, man, whenever you are. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think we got it queued up. Are you ready mm. for some sports? Maybe so, man. Maybe so. We don't know. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. It's that time. Victor Allen's New News Sports, written and directed by the bald-headed black man. Rub his head, make a wish. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the man. The ladies have nicknamed sexual child. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. It's sports time. Here's Vic. Yeah. Yeah. Sports. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good job, man. I like that. Folks. That was, that was pretty good. All right, man, check it out. I'm going to do this real quick because watch this, watch this. Check. Mario, who's the Heisman winner? Who? He just watched it. Huh? But see, it's going to, it's, it's my lead story. So it's not, it's not about you not knowing it, man. It's just about how important is it on the bigger scheme of things. So if I give you Very a hint, important. if I say Louisville, Will that help you? No. Well, if I say Jackson, would it help you? Bo. See, this is my place. This is the part that I'm saying. So neither would help you. So I have to go into a lead-in that you can go, I'm going to learn as we go, right? So let me just say this. Sure, Bo. Okay. So once we go to the website, once you get that all set up, I'll do what I call the soft lead-in. It's ready. It's already. We okay. are. We had live at Facebook Got too. You. All right. We're good. Yeah, we're good. All right. Lamar Heisman Jackson, University of Louisville, their first win, the Heisman, the most coveted award in NCAA football as an individual. Okay. The most coveted. It is the height, the number one. It's the Mount Rushmore with only one rush. That's it. One person. That's not the story. Because of the rules of the, of course, whether it's the NCAA or the NFL more so, that you have to be eligible, actually, to go into the NFL draft. He's not eligible right away now. He needs to serve a little bit more time. So but basically, Mark, how do you feel about this first before I get into the condition of Plan B here? You win the most coveted award saying you're the most ready or the most exciting or you're just the most or the greatest producer as an individual in the college field, but you're not ready for the NFL yet because the rules say you're not eligible yet. Is that the proper way to approach it? And do you think that's more the NFL saying you're not ready? Or the NCAA saying we need to milk you another year? Oh, you know it's the NCAA. It's, it's to milk it, right? Yeah. It's, it's, okay. So with that being said, it wasn't important for you to know who it is. So let me get right back to the next one. When you're the number one, you do know the philosophy of the draft is. You make more money when you come out in the draft if you're in the top group. As you move down, you tend to go with the more winning programs because they have already been teams that's in the playoffs, the NFL. So you know how it is. The worst team is the first initial pick. My question to you, Mario, is this. Would you rather get your money, get that contract right out the gate, but know that you may be on 
what they call low production teams, teams that have a history of not winning. And if I want to use an example, if we can show the display, I'm going to show you the display. Simply, the type of teams that we're looking at will be, I'm not hollering, I'm not screaming at you guys, Cleveland, Jacksonville, San Francisco, New York Jets, L.A. Rams, Chicago. So without anything else being said, let me just say this. Do you look forward to getting your payday, although you may be in oblivion, at a, at, at, at a team that you're sitting there that probably won't have a major market, probably won't get the type of recognition until you spend a number of years there? Or would you rather sit back and say, hey, take me later in the draft. I want to be on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to be on the New England Patriots. Well, it probably depends on what kind of skill set you got. <laughs> some people are just glad to be on somebody. <laughs> wait a minute. So, so wait a minute. I'm talking about the number one. You're an elite person. Number one. Number one. Do you see? I'm, okay, Mom, I'm drafting you. you. You're number one. You just won the Heisman. You know, there was a person named Manning who said. There was a person named Elway. I don't want to go to that team. They said money's not an issue. Money's not a big issue. I want to be on a winning program. And Mario, I realized something. You're an advocate for the, you know, money's not a means to all the end. Happiness is. So being happy is more important to you. So you would actually be the guy going, you don't have to draft me first. Draft me 28th. Put me on the New England Patriots. Because they get the litter picks. That's there, you, right? Well, I'm just saying there's something to be said by joining a class organization. True. Yeah, that's true. And, and it all depends on the other factors, though, still. Right. So Lamar Jackson right now, right now, has to come back another year. Has to. What's the chances are that he will be as highly regarded? This time he reached a pinnacle of success, and how often do a back-to-back Heisman uh, result do we get, which is money will be affected. So if he doesn't produce as much this upcoming season, he actually stands to probably make less money. But happiness is all we want, right? That's, that's all that matters. So that being said, Mario, I'm going to give you cities that he can produce in that are not necessarily winning cities. They may be better a year or so from now, but who and which city you think has the best chance of coming up from what they call this losing period and show you the direction of winning, something like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm going to give you the choices of the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth cities, and you tell me, go with this one. I've already said Cleveland, Jacksonville, San Francisco. There's a couple of major market teams in there, Chicago, L.A. Rams. If you were Lamar Jackson, what city, team, you think has the best chance of changing their fortune in the next couple of years. You had to pick between those cities. Which ones again now? Chicago, Jacksonville, L.A. Rams, New York Jets, Cleveland Browns. Oh, Cleveland Browns are going to be better. But I would say L.A., you know, uh, L.A. Rams is a better big-time market. you got Gurley to compete against. Right. But as a, but they have their Jared. Jared Goff. Yeah, but they're going to be getting more valuable as a franchise. Right. I assume. Right, right. 
So they make so your bet is the smart one. Go with the major market, LA Rams. Best bet for you right now. If he, if he had to come out, because the Jerry Goff we've seen so far, it's not fair. First year, thrown into the mix, thrown in the to the madness. And if everything is correct, they got young talent. They have a lot of talent. They're just not producing. So you're saying Rams. I'm actually, I hate to say this, in agreement with you. I was thinking between the Rams and possibly, you know, I hate to go to New York Jets because they just, man. It's still a major market. Yeah. And, you know, it makes a difference in what you say, even though I think think certain teams are, Cleveland is up. I think Cleveland's going to be better. Right. Right. Next year. But remember, they're, they're the team that, oh, that's right, we, we don't talk about him anymore. Forget about John. We don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> don't forget about him. Okay, I'm going to take you on to the next one, which I call the kangaroo court, all right? There's this kangaroo court where I believe that organizations from the top down have a philosophy. And if you want to know what kangaroo court is, I can actually give you a couple of uh, sentences so you can understand why I'm referencing this. A kangaroo court is often held to give the appearance of a fair and just trial. We'll just use the word productive company. Even though the verdict of success has in reality been decided before the trial has begun, meaning somewhere along the way, I have three teams who've decided that they're going to be successful. I believe it's the kangaroo court, and that somewhere along the way shows you the difference and the laziness about sitting back and showing you the lack of success. I actually have a couple of teams that I believe who are fit for that because they make decisions that ultimately can destroy a market. Three teams. Which team has the highest expectation or that basically just is just handing failure over, given all the opportunities, good drafts, good production, coaches. It's just a whirlwind of in and out players. Is it Cleveland, Rams, or San Francisco headed by Jim Kelly? Or excuse me, Chip Kelly. Which which team underperforming? I mean, their, their expectations were very high. Who had the highest expectation and they're failing the worst? Who do you believe? San Francisco. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Cleveland wasn't expected to do that much. They were expected to, and just so you guys know, RG3. Had about 100 yards thrown the other day. Quarterback rating, about 20. So that lets you know. So Cleveland, notice nobody's crying about him. The Rams, I'm not going to even talk about Jeff Fisher, leaving him alone. Bottom line is, we need a fix-it. So if we had to get a fix-it, a fix-it is when you sit back and you bring in the Rangers. So my suggestion to fix-it is to bring in Cairo. If we scroll down, I want you all to see Cairo. Cairo is what we're going to do for the L.A. Rams. We need to have somebody who's, who's bashing buckets. We need players like this. We need players who are pumped up. We need players that are, Do you know Gurley even said this? He said, we are playing like middle school offense. So if you're running back who's going, we're playing like middle school, he's already turned on his coach. So it's already happening. I want to pick, I want K-Row. K-Row's my man. Uh, not necessarily. Not Necessary a man, but a producer. Martin, let me ask you something. Jeff Fisher, will that contract be broken that is, he signed for it through next year? With the You think it's going to be broken by the owner? Is he only signed through next year? They'll yeah. probably just go through it. 
Yeah, yeah, true. True. Just have to suffer through it. I think they'll keep him because I think that they were going to make an early. They would have done it before they got here. They that would have been the thing to do. Yeah, they had. You know what? Well, you're right. You're right. Or not? I guess maybe they. I don't know. Yeah, well, remember, they were looking to extend the whole season because they thought they were going to be more successful and then announced that he had a year extent, already a year on his contract and it would be celebrated. But since people were calling for his head, they said, well, we're squashing that because he has a two-year deal with us. No big deal. We'll see. I still think the owners can change up and buy out the contract and move on, and it looks like they got to buy it. Well, out. they can. Yeah. yeah, they can. Easy. All right. One quick question here, moving on to the NBA. If LeBron, if James Harden, if Carmelo Anthony, if you just name it, Clay Thompson, if Kevin Durant, if anyone actually was getting multiple, multiple triple doubles. Would it almost be a fish that everybody's talking about there? Far and away, those players will be leading as the MVP, hands down. If that's true, why are we not signed off on Russell Westbrook? He just had his, his consecutive seven, eight games, triple-double snap yesterday, but he scored 37 points. He had, I think, about 12 rebounds, maybe nine assists. So he just barely, barely snapped his own record. Why are we not sold on Westbrook? Is it is it his history already, man? Are they already hating? Well, I think uh, people. I think it has to do with people still not giving him enough credit as a contender. Oh, as a team. Yeah. It okay. and usually the MVP is going to come from a team that's going to be that producer. Well, just they. That's not my. They just tend to pick it from. The championship team, actually, they tend to. True, true. So, and I'm not saying I don't understand why. Okay, I do understand that you have to have things that transfer to winning. Not saying that it wouldn't be that way. I'm just saying, I just think that what they do with the MVP is go, wonder if you just have outright better talent, and then you're doing triple doubles. And everybody knows that you your, your ownership have spent the money on the better players, and you do these numbers, automatically you're an MVP. But if you're the most valuable on this team and the rest of your players are not that good, they penalize you and say, well, you guys are not winning. I said, well, that seems like that's a sliding scale based on talent. And everybody knows the owners pay for the better talent. So I, I think he's being hurt. I, I do, because there's nobody else on the team you even think about scoring. He has to. If he doesn't score, it's nothing happens. And he's going to have a bad game sooner or later. So I don't know. Is he more valuable on OKC than Kevin Durant is on Golden State? Well, again, that, if that's that's if that's you have to define. That's not the way they define the most valuable player. It never has been right defined in those ways. So it's never it's never actually been. Because you know, like you said, it could have been the best player on a on a losing on a losing team. Right, and and he he's having them produce, but he has to come play. Almost if he has a bad game where he has 15 points, six assists, and seven rebounds, they're probably going to get blown out unless the other players step up. And when you go look at the stats for the other players, clearly he's a one man wrecking show. Yeah, I well, 
I'm not sure, so sure I would assume that the team without him is that bad. So that's I think that that's part of it. I think that people were forced to change roles and step up. So I'm not so sure that the team is uh, that bad without him. Right. So uh, you may, hopefully you won't have to see, but you may get to see that. I'll, you know, and I'll be interested in this too. If If all of a sudden at the end of the year, It'll be interesting to see if he gets over 25 triple doubles and will he account for anything. So, I mean, the decision is yet to be determined. We're not even at the halfway point, so I'm just getting ahead of it. But he's on a thing that hasn't happened since Michael Jordan and before that Oscar Robertson. And they all won MVP, so it'll be interesting to see how he looks at this. All right, going to take you guys out of here real quick. I still have on the page some uh, previous information about prior sports topics. Where I'm going to keep up here is the best quarterback of all time, because I think the numbers are going to change, decisions are going to change, our thoughts are going to change, and it'll be interesting to see when we revisit this, will these three players who won multiple Super Bowls or four apiece stay the same, even within this season? And will Tom Brady, if he doesn't win this year, will we feel the same way about him? Other than that, man, my new sports is done, man. I'm out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Victor Avenue View of Sports, the new fan base view of sports. The recurring segment, the Morning Cup with Mario Show, it's here every week. Join us. Remember to dress appropriately. Long day today. Absolutely, man. Coming up next, that hot picks. Mm.
Hey, you guys. Welcome back. We're going to be starting our last segment shortly here. We want to thank all of you guys for your patience as well, and uh, also to uh, Meredith Bill for bringing Robert by. I mean, this man is unbelievable. If you're just not joining our segments, just go look at the Facebook posting, Mario's page, as well as mine, we do with uh, Robert R.K., we just simply call him R.K., producer, entrepreneur, writer, former, uh, you name it. He has a multifaceted background. So I want to just give shots out to uh, his guest appearance here, and we're going to hopefully be doing more with him. Um, right now, I'm going to give you what they call, I call prefacing what the segment you're about to see is based on. Typically, it's just called Eye Candy Central. Now, I know most people don't think that's a value. It is a value. The reason why is because many of us spend a lot of time searching for people and we're impacted by pictures. So almost every time you go somewhere, if you guys are going to Facebook, Instagram, what are you judging? You're judging a picture to see if it will make you click through or just go away. So I always say to get to the next moment in this present day, you're judging. I just happen to put these things on it. So don't judge the messenger because all of a sudden you're saying, this is what he's focused on. I said, you're damn straight because you guys do it every day. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Thank you. I mean, this is the part that happens. So I've turned it into exactly the show to see if you guys are really good with it and how would you feel about a picture in a moment. All right. This one was specifically a different category one I want to get into. This is Top South African Actors. Now, the good thing about it is if you guys are with extra devices, you can search to get more background. I'm not here to give a bio on all of them. But what we're going to do is find out. It'll be a test for Mario because I already know. Mario is going to see what number of rank they come in. But first, we're going to go through them. And then he's going to assign a number because they're all tens. That's clear. Now, if you want to add the value of a number by saying, okay, she's a 10, you go right ahead. But you're trying to figure out what position she is in the top 10. You can only have so many. And this is part one. Got to give love out to South Africa. Why? Because they're up and coming. Marty, you think you're ready for this one? Yes, it's supposed to be the place in the world that has the weather most like Southern California. Yes, it is. True that. True that. What we're going to do is start off with a young lady named Michelle Vanderwater. Simply, water rushing in. Mario, all you have to do is take a good look. You can take your time. No problem. And I'm going to give you what you usually want. You don't have to give a number. Take your time, look at her, and then we're going to go to the next. So that way you can do your comparison and assign a number. Because Mario always says, you know what, I need to see the other ones first. So this time I'm listening to what he's saying. I want to have to compare it to the next one. Well, in other words, the next picture, you you make a judgment by going, let me see who's coming up. So in other words, her position, you're going to guess, is she number five, number six, number ten? Well, instead, we're going to go through all the pictures. Then you're going to come back and go, she's third, she's fifth. She's eight. She's first in the top ten South African actors. I'm going to go to the next. Ah, there we go. Jessica Marias. Simply, hot actress. If you guys need to go see what she, her background, 
she is hot. I can't tell you if she's at the top of the list or the bottom. Let's move on. Let's go to the next one. I'm going to fly through this one. Jolene Martin Morgan, another hot South African actress. Quality, beautiful smile, the things that don't let you sit back and judge her if she's growling, giving a, a little growl on her face. Let's go to the next one. Oh, yeah. Shashi Nadim. Simply give you the typical bikini shot. Okay, no problem. Let's go to the next one. Have you guys ever seen a picture? Scorpion King. Natalie Becker. thought this was an appropriate one for those who may have forgotten. I do remember. Also, she's in some other movies and films. Very popular. Hot actress. Let's move on to the next. Leslie Ann Brandt. Uh, can't help it. Had to do the bikini shot. You know, I look for the shots because those are the most popular at the time. She is, uh, just say this, very popular. And then her last, I just called her Thulo. By Tumo, Tumelo, by Tumelo. Bodhi Thulo. Simple. These are the hottest South African actresses. They're in the top ten. Take it from the top, Mario. We're going to see what position they're in. For you. you get to judge accordingly. I'll let you know how good you are, because I think you have to, you have a good fix on it. Looking careful. Give Mario a couple of You're just judging out of the top ten. This is a top ten list. These seven ladies are in a certain position, ranked first through ten. You're just going to look and say, like, Michelle, is she in third out of the top ten? I'm trying to guess what they're ranking. Yes. Yeah. Just, just a guess, just from the picture. Basically, may not even be on this list, but we're going to see. 
There is a ringer, but it'll probably be in part two. Let me give you the order that they are in this particular survey. Okay, it's a survey. I'll provide the link for those of you who need it after the show, or I'll tweet it. At the top, Michelle Vanderwater. She was ranked number two on the top ten list of South African actors. Mario said number one. Pretty damn close. Jessica Marias, following next, ranked number three. Mario got it. Number three. Following, Jolene Martin Morgan. She was ranked six. Mario said five. Pretty damn close. Next, Shashi Nadu. She was ranked number five. Mario said two. Next, Natalie Becker, ranked seven. Mario hit it on the head, seven. Next up, Leslie Ann Brandt, ranked fourth. Mario, six. Still close. Mario's usually on it or one or two away. And I just call her Thulo. Mario said nine. She's ranked nine. Dude, you're good. That's pretty good. You got three. Exactly. So it's just simple. This is the list that came out. All Kings, it's an All Kings reference magazine publication that ranked the top 10 South African actresses. There are more actresses, so I will be hitting more of these, what they call these references that's typically not in the United States, taking you out to other locations. Hot picks, done, Mark, you got three out of a, uh, you almost hit 50%, dude. You're pretty good. Pretty good. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank our guest, Meredith Beal, Lasting Value, along with Robert Monty. Yeah, that was a that was a special treatment. I I will not complain about work based on what he's gone through, man. That was inspiring. Taken for granted, man. It's amazing story. Remember, we'll be here tomorrow night for the Quiet Storm at eight o'clock. Also. Uh, this week we're going to have. Uh, are we? What are we? Are we having a return? Or? Yeah, I make the returns this week. I make the returns this week, so we have the regular broadcasting this week. Yes, sir. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Facebook folks. Peace. Thank you, Black Top.